Oh boy, it is the weekend. Ooh. We're feeling good. We're feeling good. Man, oh man, the one and only John Papsidera is returning to this show and getting a little more crazy talking about his amazing <laughs> projects. Oh my gosh, everything in the in the Yellowstone universe, the offer, a little bit of Oppenheimer. Man, we, we just dive full in on everything we weren't able to get to the first time around. Then, of course, loaded industry news, guys. I mean, huge wins for Disney, Netflix, and and Paramount, all record-breaking shit this past weekend. Warner Brothers, not so much, <laughs> but we're going to tell you all about that too. And then we got cancellations, possible saves, renewals, all kinds of stuff going on this week, man. Yeah, man, I hope you're ready for it. I hope you're ready for it. But now let's get into it. What's up, guys? Holy moly, it is episode 197. We're feeling good. You guys Woo! know your host with the most, myself, JLo Fantastic, and the one and only Mouse. What's up? Guys, there's a whole bunch going down in Hollywood. We finally, finally can say goodbye to the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. <laughs> we are going to talk a little bit about that, but not too much. Um, but of course, you guys know a whole bunch of freaking Star Wars news came out. I mean, we're still talking about everything from Star Wars Celebration and mm. Obi-Wan and all this different stuff. But of course, we're also talking about the other ones, as in Warner Brothers Discovery. We're talking about Paramount, Top Gun, Need for Speed, man. They're freaking killing it right now yeah, at the box are. office. Congratulations to the shorty Tom Cruise. Man, oh man, it's an amazing time to be an entertainer or just a freaking fan, to be honest with Short you. in height, large in stature. I, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you he's, know. he's back at the top. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since he's seen the top of the box office, so good for him. Yeah, he's got that uh, Apple box office, to say the least. Um, but man, be sure to head over to our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear. We got shirts, we got hats, we got sweatshirts. We have tank tops. We have freaking swimming trunks. We have oh anything for gosh. everybody. Shoes. Shoes, everything. man. It is for everybody. So be sure to head over there. And you can also check out our film on the website. Yes. Deadlines. You can rent it for a very, very nice price. We're doing promo codes all the time. So check it yeah, out. Yeah, this uh, what well, it's uh it's um Pride Month. So if you use the promo code Pride right now for the whole month, 99 cents, y'all. Mm. You can rent the film for 99 cents if you use that code. I mean, come on. I know. And then there's a new message from the CEO up on the board. It's giving you some advice about not to forget the business side of show business really good stuff there you want to definitely check out um all kinds of stuff on the website all kinds man yeah. it's freaking great but let's dive into it all right the one and only time we're talking about this fucking case in the fucking industry news segment obviously depp and amber heard uh we are starting off this story with you know Hopefully, like I said, we never have to talk about it again. But a Virginia jury awarded Johnny Depp $15 million in his defamation suit against Amber Heard this week, ruling in his favor on all three claims that mm. he was defamed when Heard wrote that opt 
the Washington Post um, calling herself the uh, domestic abuse survivor. A jury of six men and three women took nearly 13 hours over three days of deliberations to reach a verdict, uh, resolving in depth of are resolving depth of claims that he smeared herd by claiming she lied and about being ambushed and all of those stuff. Um, jurors concluded that herd acted with the level of malice and recklessness necessary to meet the high standard for public figures to allege defamation. Mm. Of course, he lost a few roles because of all of this stuff. Depp was awarded $10 million in uh, com- com- compens- compensatory. compensatory damages <laughs> and $5 million in punitive damages. He was also mostly vind- uh, vindicated of allegations that he was defamed, uh, heard uh, calling her accusations a hoax. Heard was handed near complete loss in the case uh, revolving around dueling defamation cases from her and Depp, prevailing on only one of her three claims, which was a statement from Depp's lawyer was deemed uh, defamatory by the jury. In the statement, he said that Heard set up an ambush, a hoax referencing a mm. uh, visit from law enforcement to the couple's house allegedly initiated by Heard. She was awarded $2 million in compensatory damages, uh, but none in putative damages. So basically, Johnny won. Yeah, yeah. and But get this, guys. Neither one of them really won because in the state of Virginia, there's a cap on the damages. So the judge did agree that they both won, but then leveled it to the cap. Johnny's getting $350,000 and Amber's getting nothing because yeah. there's a cap on the damages. So it looks good on paper. You won $15 million, but you're getting $350,000, which it probably costs three or $4 million for the lawsuit. Yeah. So, I, mean. I think this whole thing was more about who is going to have a career after this? I think it's not even about money. I think it's about who's going to have a career, who is going to be continued to be worked with, or like not in any more Aquaman movies. So <laughs> I think that was the biggest thing. I don't think it had anything to do with No, movie. yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting. I Yeah, I think she's done, but I think she's wanted to be done for a while. Yeah. So. All right, let's jump to the House of Mouse, where, of course, it's all about Star Wars this week. Not kidding. We have some other stories, too, but mostly about Star Wars. Wars. Disney, of course, announced to nobody's surprise that Obi-Wan Kenobi has officially become the most watched Disney Plus series globally based on the number of hours streamed in its debut weekend, although they didn't release those numbers. <laughs> they also announced the following premiere viewership of Star Wars titles tripled in hours watched throughout the opening weekend. Clearly, the love of Star Wars was reignited for many fans, leading them to revisit not just the films, but also the animated series like Rebels and the Clone Wars to learn more about these characters that are now popping up in the live action shows. So, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense, definitely, because there's a lot of different things going on. And I'm sure you've heard some familiar voices, <laughs> like the one and only James Earl Jones coming back as Darth Vader. Yeah, that's right. The familiar voice of Jones was heard in the third episode of Obi Wan this past week. Um, Jones uh, participated in the series, had not been previously announced. So, that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew that he was 
coming back. Jones, of course, originated the voice in the original trilogy, beginning with Star Wars 4, Episode of New Hope, and then reprised his role in uh, Empire and of Jedi, but then following up in Rise of Skywalker. He can also be heard as Darth Vader in Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and of course, the animated series Rebels. But, I mean, of course... This is a huge thing. We would oh. love to hear his voice, so it's awesome to hear him come back. Heck yeah. And the guys who have imitated it for a couple of the cartoons, not bad. I mean, you know, but live action, could you even imagine it without James yeah, Earl Jones? Yeah, exactly. I don't think so. Unfortunately, guys, it wasn't all good news for Obi-Wan Kenobi, and it has nothing to do with the show or Disney or anything else. Um, we have... Here it is, okay? This one can be only described as vile and disgusting in nature. As the series debuted, actress Moses Ingram, who plays Reva Sevender, the Imperial Inquisitor who is hunting the big game Jedi on behalf of Darth Vader, was the victim of online bullying by supposed Star Wars fans that included degrading racist insults, threats, and slurs. The actress shared the news on her Instagram account. Now, Savander said in her motivation in making the Instagram post was to focus on those who have raised their voices in support of her saying quote I really just wanted to come on I think and say thank you to the people who showed up for me in the comments and the places that I'm not going to put myself and to the rest of y'all Ingram added with a laugh y'all weird the official social media accounts for Star Wars issued a statement defending the actress from vile online accounts. The statement read, There are more than 20 million sentient species in the Star Wars galaxy. Don't choose to be a racist. We are proud to welcome Moses Ingram to the Star Wars family and excited for Reva's story to unfold. If anyone intends to make her feel in any way unwelcome, we have only one thing to say. We resist. Ewan McGregor also released a video supporting his co-star and slamming the so-called fans. And Star Trek, you know, there's always that War Trek war going on, but they're all in it together. Star Trek actor Anson Mount, of course, Pike, in the, uh, Strange New Worlds, released his own statement praising the actress and saying the Trek world stands with her as well. So good. And to all those, like, fucking people, what the fuck? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of like, you know, the same thing with comic book people. Like, I don't understand why you have to be like this just enjoy the art it's just art like chill the fuck yeah. out y'all are taking it way too seriously it's, it's supposed to be so fun badass yeah. like just roll with yeah, exactly, it exactly exactly it's crazy man it's crazy but what also is crazy is dr strange that is gonna hit disney plus this month wait didn't Ooh. it just come out yeah it fucking did the benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> uh led movie arrives on the streamer june 22nd just a handful of weeks after its may 6th release date so that's freaking amazing yeah man. Man. i kind of like this shorter theatrical window <laughs> Do you? it's weird but i like it i know 45 days boom dropped exactly it's crazy now here's some stuff even i didn't catch i don't know if y'all caught it but i missed it and i'm happy to see it loyal mcu fans i'm loyal what the fuck may have noticed that disney quietly switched its Emmy submission for MCU's Hawkeye series from limited series to comedy series and all the comedy categories. Now, in addition, star, uh, stars Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld will now be angling for lead actor and lead actress consideration in the comedy categories. In supporting categories, Disney has submitted Vincent D'Onofrio, Fra Free, Tony Dalton, Aqua Cox, Florence Pugh, and Vera Farminga. Now, why is this change important? Because limited is gone guys with the switch in the categories all signs now seem to be indicating 
that a potential second season of Hawkeye is likely in the future for Disney+. Plus. No official announcement yet, but we are definitely going to keep an eye on that. You don't switch that unless you're playing it. Exactly. There's some very interesting interesting things happening. I'm super excited about it, though. Well, Disney also released a teaser trailer and poster and release date for its live-action remake of the classic tale Pinocchio, starring Tom Hanks as Geppetto exclusively on Disney+. Plus. In addition to Hanks, the film also stars Benjamin Evan Ainsworth, uh, uh, Cynthia Evro, uh, Joseph Gordon-Lovett, uh, Keegan-Michael Key, Lorraine Bracco, and Luke Evans. Ooh, that's a cast. The film will premiere on Disney Plus worldwide on September 8th of 2022. That's time for Disney Plus Day, the Mouse House's celebration of when the streamer first debuted back mm. in 2019. In addition to Pinocchio, Disney will announce more Disney Plus Day premieres from Disney, Pixar, Marvel Studios, and of course, Star Wars and National Geographic in the upcoming months. So be sure to just follow all of their accounts on social media so you can be up to date with what's happening. (laughs) Yeah. Because you know we're going to tell you. Uh, This is interesting and fun news. The Suicide Squad breakout star Daniela Melkor will have a small role in Marvel Studios' upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy 3. But as director James Gunn confirmed late last year, the actress won't be appearing as the character Moondragon, which has long been speculated online. Now, filming recently wrapped on the anticipated threequel, Melkor's star continues to rise. After portraying, of course, Ratcatcher in the Suicide Squad, she's also landed roles in the upcoming projects Fast X, Assassin Club with Henry Golding, and Marlowe with Liam Neeson. Well, you go, girl. All Shit. Right, killing She's it. killing it. All right. Uh, well, Peter Eckhoff has joined the newly ordered ABC 20th television drama series Alaska. Yeah. Now, this one's headlined by Hilary Swank as executive producer and showrunner. For the past two seasons, the seasoned TV writer and producer served as executive producer and showrunner on another 20th TV drama series, and that one's known as The Resident. Yeah. Alaska emerged as a early frontrunner at ABC's uh, pilot season, making the search for a showrunner a big priority for this studio. Now, with The Resident on the bubble as renewal negotiations between Fox and 20th TV went down to the wire, as we told you about a couple weeks ago, Elkoff was approached about Alaska and took the job with the 20th TV's <laughs> blessing. Premiering in the fall, Alaska landed on Thursdays in the plum post Grey's Anatomy oh. time slot. So that's a smart one. If they got all their chips in their basket for that one, it's definitely good to put it behind Grace. I mean, yeah, that's definitely the show you want to be your lead in for sure. And, uh, you know, it's going to suck for the resident because they did work it out and it is moving forward and he's going to be missed. But hey, uh, the Percy Jackson in the Olympian series at Disney Plus is rounding out its cast with five more additions. Virginia Cole, Glenn Turman, Jason Matzukas, Megan Mullally, oh cool, and Tim Sharp are all set to appear in recurring guest star roles in the small green adaptation of the popular Rick Riordan book series. They join, of course, previously announced series lead, Walker Scoble, as well as recently announced co-stars Arian Samahardi and Leah Sava Jeffries. News of the casting comes on the series kicks off production 
in Vancouver. So already underway, guys. Already underway, man oh man. Well, veteran reality producer Conrad Green is in advance talks to return to Dancing with the Stars. Oh, shit. As is executive executive producer. Uh, Green was the EP and showrunner of the competition show when it first launched on ABC back in 2005. He was also a part of the original BBC Worldwide uh, production team of Dancing that pitched the format to ABC. Now, sources say that some of the Dancing with the Star pros and judges already were told about Green's possible return and are elated about this news. So, Makes sense. I mean, yeah, come on. He's coming home. Hey, I wonder if he's going to get rid of it. Whoever, let's just make it, bring back Tom Bergeron. Yeah, come on. Bring now. back Tom Bergeron. He picked him in the first place. He might as well bring him back. Crystal Yu is joining the Hulu musical pilot History of a Pleasure Seeker. You will play Zen Zhao, who was born in Shanghai and sold into a geisha house in Tokyo. She fled to the West in her teens and is now Europe's leading beautician with her skills in body transformation second to none. The project, which is based in Richard Mason's 2012 novel, is a musical drama set in Amsterdam in 1907, it follows uh, Piet Barol, who has an instinctive appreciation for pleasure and a gift for finding it. When his mother dies, Piet applies for a job as a tutor to be troubled son of Europe's leading hotelier, a child who refuses to leave his family's mansion of one of Amsterdam's grandest canals. As Piet enters the glittering world, he learns its secrets and finds life transformed. I can't He's clearly going to meet up the girl, right? Yeah, like, I, I can't tell if this is a porno. Like, what, what's going on? This is a very, there's a lot of pleasurable words in there. Uh, there's going to be a lot of happy endings. Apparently. Happy endings. Apparently. That's all <laughs> <laughs> Well, FX has ordered a comedy pilot from Brian Jordan Alvarez. The pilot is called English Teacher. Oh, oh another porno. <laughs> Alvarez will star as Evan, a gay high school English teacher in Austin, Texas, and his fellow teachers trying to balance the competing demands of students and their parents in a world where Rules seem to change every single day. Alvarez is writing the pilot and will serve as executive producer in addition to starring in this bad boy. Like, he's wearing multiple hats. Oh, yeah. Uh, He has appeared in a number of hit shows over the years, including Jane the Virgin, Two Broke Girls, Get Shorty, and The Revival of Will and Grace. So he is a familiar face, so be sure to check him out. Absolutely. Well, that was good news for FX. Now, here's some bad news for fans of FX. The comedy pilot belated from creator Peter Tolan and set to star Cal Penn, not moving forward at FX. The half-hour series was meant to follow an unexpected intergenerational friendship between Sachin, who would have been Cal Penn, a recently out man in his 40s, and Clay, played by Caden Kearney, a 17-year-old trans teen, as Sachin and his ex-wife and children attempt to find their new normal. Now, that mm. sounded like a really solid and, and you know, progressive moved show forward. It's sad that it's not going to, you know, get picked up and go. So Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. It Especially is. when we talk about, you know, the, the industry changing and for the better or the worse. Like, so, yeah, that's interesting. Now, heading over to Warner mm. Brothers Discovery. I mean, this is the latest person to leave Warner Brothers Discovery after the merger. Man, oh man. Uh, veteran film executive Toby Emmerich is exiting his post at Warner Brothers Pictures Group Chairman. As Warner Brothers Pictures Group Chairman, Emmerich transitioned out of the role uh, follows the weeks after of chatter uh, that he was leaving the studio. 
Now, Toby has accepted a production deal on the Warner Brothers lot. Uh, in a memo to his team, the 20-year-plus company veteran said he'd be rooting for the motion picture group and that he'd see them on the other side. That sounds like Ooh. a will or death or what the <laughs> fuck. Emmerich will be replaced by um, Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi, uh, who will be named co-chairs of Warner Brothers Picture Group. DeLuca and Abdi's oversight will also include New Line Cinema, uh, in their influences uh, over DC films is presently unclear. So they're still trying to figure all that out with oh, the yeah. superhero stuff. The pair most recently led Metro-Golden-Mare until the company was sold until uh, Amazon. And if that sounds familiar, MGM. Uh, at MGM, the duo landed a buzzy projects such as Licorice Pizza, uh, Cent- uh, Crino, and The House of Gucci. Though critics noted some of these movies failed to perform at the box office, <laughs> Emmerich's uh, departure raises questions about the future of several key lieutenants at the studio, many who have served at his side for decades. Among those whose future is pretty murky is DC Films chief Walter Hamada, mm. who we've been talking about recently, a couple months ago, you know, with a whole bunch of stuff going on with uh, other people, uh, who had been credited with stabilizing the cinematic output at the division and bringing some quality control to the company that had uh, suffered several crucial favor or failures, such as the first Suicide Squad and Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. So. There's a lot of interesting things happening. There is. Now, shortly after Emmerich's resignation, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO and eh, almost up there with Chappic Hatred, David Zaslav, announced that he has finally committed to paper a new strategy for the Warner Brothers motion picture group. Now, in a Wednesday memo to his staff, Zaslav told studio employees that he will be creating three distinct film segments around Warner Brothers Pictures slash New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers Feature Animation, and DC-based film production. These units will presumably report to Zasloff directly. The CEO said the idea was workshopped with the outgoing film group chairman, Toby Emmerich, a veteran executive he called a great leader and friend to me and to many. That's why we got rid of him, clearly. I, that makes no sense. Shortly after the memo was circulated, Warner Brothers Discovery sent an official notice calling the structure Long Range and added that DeLuca and Abdi will oversee operations on all three units until clarity comes for Warner Brothers Animation and DC Films, both of which have leaders presently in place. But as we just said, I think Walter's a definite going out the door. Yeah, that's very interesting. And despite the uncertainty of the DC film division and the eyebrow-raising troubles of star Ezra Miller, as we've told you about multiple freaking times, because this kid cannot stay out of jail, um, Warner Brothers still has high hopes for the Flash movie, um, the upcoming comic book adventure, which is completed production in 2021 and is scheduled to debut in theaters in 2023. It has been extraordinarily well received in early test screenings, which is good, according to sources close to the movie. Uh, but bearing uh, unforeseen development, sources say Warner's is steer barreling ahead with intention to give the superhero film a full blockbuster treatment. The Flash simply costs too much money to scrap to uh, scrap the project entirely and will likely not generate the revenues needed to turn a profit without playing in theaters. Which it's very interesting because like we talked about before with trying to figure out what to do in this case when you have such a 
such a person who is obviously unstable, I guess you could say, and superheroes right now are the role model to children. Mm. So that's the uh, that's that's the hard line that they have to figure out right now. Yeah. I get it though. I mean, the the cost alone to 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 reshoot with a different actor all those scenes would be immense. And also, I get it too. If you don't put it in the theaters and you just drop it like on HBO Max or something, you won't make nearly the money. So yeah. I understand it from a business side, but I'm with you. I think. Do we want this kid to be you know the role model? Exactly. I, I just I don't know, man. Hey, Warner Brothers Pictures highly anticipated Furiosa. I think Fur- Furiosa. 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 You're better at that than me. From Mad Max Fury Road has started filming. Chris Hemsworth, one of the film's stars, shared a post via social media saying, a new journey in the Mad Max saga has begun. Anya Taylor-Joy, of course, stars alongside him as Furiosa. The Mad Max prequel movie is based on Charlize Theron's uh, Imperator Furiosa character from 2015's Mad Max Fury Road. Now, Miller calls the sequel, that's George Miller, director of it, a saga which will unspool over a 15-year period mm. differing from its predecessor which spanned only three days in its time frame. George Miller is set to direct, co-write, and produce Furiosa along with his longtime producing partner Doug Mitchell. So I think that's going to do well. I, th- I mean, it, that character went over really well and Anya Taylor-Joy, I mean, come on. She's a badass. She's she a badass. Is. Come on now. Speaking of other badasses, the Emmy-winning comedy series A Black Lady Sketch Show has been renewed for its fourth season at HBO. The six-episode third season concluded on May 13th on HBO. The series stars uh, Farid Gabrielle Dennis, Ashley Nicole Black, and Sky Townsend. Uh, they play black women living relatable, hilarious experiences in a, a magical reality <laughs> that uh, subverts traditional expectations and finds humor riffing on relatable themes like ashy skin, hair woes, and the uh, politics of the black church. Mm. So, I mean, this one only makes sense. Oh, yeah, for sure. Not so much good news for Ridley Scott, his Raised by Wolves canceled after two seasons at HBO Max. What is it, Netflix now? The cancellation of Raised by Wolves comes at a time when many changes are afoot at HBO Max's parent company. The new regime, of course, led by Discovery CEO David Zasloff, has shaken many things up in just over the month of ownership, including scrapping CNN+, shutting down production of new scripted series at TNT and TBS. So, who knows? That's crazy. I'm going to start calling him Daddy Zaffs because he's a pimp and he cuts the hose loose if they're not making enough money. Uh. That's what it's like. Um, But also some cool things happening. The CW has released the first trailer of its newly greenlit series, Gotham Knights, and is set to premiere in 2023. As we've told you before, the series picks up in the aftermath of Bruce Wayne's murder. Now with his rebellious adopted son, Turner Hayes, who's played by Oscar Morgan, uh, folging an unlikely uh, an unlikely alliance uh, with the children of Batman's enemies, uh, Dulia Oliva Rose Keegan, uh, Harper Rowe, who's played by Felona uh, Smithy, and her brother Colin Rowe, who's played by Tyler DeChira. Now, when they are all framed for killing the caped crusader. This all sounds very interesting. Oh I'm my so intrigued by this one. Dude, um, Misha Collins as Harvey Dent, already I'm loving it. The trailer was epic. If you guys haven't seen it, just watch it. You'll see. I'm all in on that series. All right, jumping to Paramount, who also, uh, like Disney with Obi-Wan, Paramount had its own record setters, and holy shit. Tom Cruise, as we said at the top of the show, back on top, y'all. His star-spangled blockbuster top 
Top Gun Maverick capped off Memorial Day weekend with a box office debut for the record books. The sequel, which I still can't believe was 36 years in the making to get Cruise back in that cockpit, scored the best Memorial Day opening of all time with a three-day domestic haul of $126.7 million and $160.5 million for the four days, well above the projected estimates. A better-than-expected Sunday and Monday pushed the estimates higher than the original $150 million weekend reported by Paramount on Sunday and revised $156 million weekend reports on Monday. They were both wrong. Those ticket sales were enough to overtake Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, which launched with $150 3 million over the long weekend back in 2007 as i said the biggest memorial day in history now at the international box office the sequel to 1986's top gun took flight with another 124 million dollars boosting the global total for that weekend to more than 300 million dollars now no doubt positive word of mouth rapturous reviews and premium screens helped those ticket sales for top gun maverick oh completely agree man but that's nothing compared to what this weekend is going to do and it's also going to be like history breaking i feel like because i mean it's soaring into the top spot of course this weekend um as well the film took in a commanding 25 million dollars on friday and paramount is projecting a 84 and a half million dollars through sunday if that holds true it would be a 33 percent drop from its 124 three-day opening haul now what does that mean? It's setting another record, like I said, as it would be the smallest drop in domestic box office history that ever opened above $100 million. Yeah, that's crazy to me. But, yeah. I mean, it just, we were talking about earlier, it just goes to show that when everybody says all these other studios that are coming out against Disney and, and you know, that superhero movies are front-loaded on the first weekend, true, because the average drop-off's 50 to 60%. 30 is amazing. Yeah. Good. Well, hey, and with that kind of success, uh, it only makes sense. Okay. Maybe some are surprised by this. I'm not. That Top Gun Maverick shattered the box office records right at the Memorial Day weekend, which of course in turn made the original Top Gun soar to the top of the U.S. streaming charts for the week of May 26th through June 1st. Of course it did. People like myself wanting to rewatch it before I went and saw the new one, and I'm thinking people hearing all the good word of mouth about the new one who haven't seen the old one wanting to check it out before they go see the new one. Yeah. Either way, it worked because it was number one on the streamer. So Yeah, to be honest, I think it's the best movie of the year by so far oh yeah so i mean it's so damn good nothing bad to say about this one but with that kind of success it only makes sense that paramount pictures and jerry bruckheimer films would team up for more projects this time paramount plus uh the streamer announced that it will exclusively debut secret headquarters an original superhero film starring owen wilson in august in the u.s and Canada and in select uh, international territories where the service is available to people to view. An exact release date will be announced on that at a later time. Secret Headquarters follows a group of school children who discover the headquarters of a superhero and are forced to defend it from a crew of supervillains. Now alongside uh, Wilson, the film stars the Adam Project star Walker Scoville, Jesse Williams, uh, Keith L. Williams and Mona uh, Tamda, Abdi James Witherspoon, and 
and um, Michael Panay. So, so many good people. Oh, yeah, for sure. That sounds interesting. Kind of like a mix of Professor X and the Yeah, right? I don't know. Uh, Miguel Gomez, I'm sorry to tell you guys, is not returning to FBI Most Wanted when the crime drama series is, comes back for its fourth season next fall. Gomez, who joined the FBI spinoff as a series regular midway through season two, of course playing special agent Ivan Ortiz, is leaving the series officially. His departure is believed to be a creative decision. The recent season three finale provided a suitable ending, at least to the arc of Ortiz, a former LAPD gang unit officer who returned to Los Angeles to take care uh, care of his ailing father. Mm. So at least if they knew they were going to do it, they couldn't come to an agreement. They wrote him off in a good way. It makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, Amanda Pete has joined the Fatal Attraction TV series adaptation coming to Paramount+. Plus. Pete joins previously announced series star Lizzie Kaplan and Joshua Jackson in the series. Pete will star as Beth Gallagher, a loyal wife, loving mother, and successful small business owner whose world unravels when her husband, Dan, played by Jackson, is disintegrated, uh, threatens uh, desecration, threatens to destroy their life together. There's That's a lot happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's look, it was a brilliant film. It's going to be a brilliant TV series, I think. And <laughs> I'm excited about this one. They're back. Beavis and Butthead do the universe. A new animated feature film starring the 90s MTV characters is set to premiere on Paramount Plus June 23rd. The news was announced this week alongside the release of the official trailer for the film, which sees Beavis and Butthead, both voiced, of course, by uh, creator Mike Judge, on a space mission with NASA in 1998, which, of course, for all you loyal followers, is the year after the original series ended. They somehow wind up in the year 2022... And as the NSA and the U.S. government track them down, the two struggle to adjust to modern life while retaining their childish sense of humor. Now, in addition to the film, Paramount Plus will roll out new Beavis and Butthead content over the rest of the year. The complete original series will be released on the streamer at an unconfirmed date. And a new revival series is also expected to be released by the end of the year as well. I saw the trailer and... (laughs) fucking loved it it is not kid friendly it is so filled with sexual innuendo and all kinds of rude crude jokes but if you love beavis and butthead you're gonna fucking love this film there's no doubt oh for sure man for sure well teen wolf alum ardeen cho has confirmed that she passed on joining paramount plus's revival movie after learning that she was offered far less money Mm. than her white and or male co-stars. Cho, who is Korean-American, acknowledged that being paid less than her white and or male co-stars is not a situation that is uh, unique to her. And she said that uh, she said no because she hopes that there will be more equality in the future. Now, original Teen Wolf star Tyler Posey and uh, 11 other series regular and reoccurring cast members of the 2011 MTV series are returning for a full-length reunion film, including Crystal Reed, Holland Roden, uh, Colton Haynes, and Shelley Henning. Mm. But that's pretty fucking shitty, and good for her for sticking to her guns. Hell yeah, man. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do and hopefully move the shit forward, you know? The new half-hour anthology series Spotlights, a Showtime short film series features work from various emerging filmmakers Showtime has announced 
All five episodes of the series will premiere Sunday, June 12th on streaming and on demand for Showtime subscribers. Now, each episode of Spotlights will showcase two to three short films that vary in timely subject matter, tone, and perspective, offering a curated approach to support emerging filmmakers. Now, the show also offers mentorship opportunities for each filmmaker to engage with the creatives and executives across Paramount Global. The series is produced by Jax Media, which also does Emily in Paris and Russian Doll. Uh, that's awesome. That is I, anytime awesome. there's a mentorship where you can get these people involved and get them going, I, I love that. Exactly. Well, Showtime is teaming up with producers of Fleabag for a comedy series. Brett Gleeman, who played the key role in the Emmy-winning comedy, will star in and executive produce uh, Entitled, which Showtime is co-producing with UK's Channel 4. Glenman, who will play Gabe, an American widower who travels to England to get to know his late wife's estranged family. Hmm. Uh, in their crumbling uh, gothic mansion in the countryside, they compete for his affections and his newfound fortune. Oh. That sounds pretty interesting. Damn, so the wife had all the money and her family, I guess, is broke, and now they're trying and to get the money back from him? That's what it sounds like. That sounds pretty fucked up. Right? All right, jumping over to NBC Universal. Now, me and J-Lo Fantastic loved this first film. We thought it was hilarious as shit, so I'm pretty excited about this. Apparently, folks, Features announced the start of production on Book Club 2, the next chapter, an upcoming sequel, of course, to the Sleeper 2018 comedy Book Club. Now, that film in this film are also bringing back the core group of readers, Diane Keaton, Jane Fonda, Candace Bergen, and Mary Steenburgen, as they trade their living rooms, this time for the glories of Europe. The ensemble will also include Andy Garcia, Don Johnson, and Craig T. Nelson, which of course are the husbands slash lovers of the ladies, uh, from the first film, along with new cast members such as Giancarlo Gianni, Hugh Corsville, and Vincent Riata. The film was written by Bill Holderman and Aaron Sims, with Holderman returning as a director. The duo will also serve as producers. According to the official description, the club's vacation goes off the rails after secrets are revealed, sending them on a once-in-a-lifetime cross-country adventure. Presumably, vistas will be enjoyed, pasta and vino will be consumed, and lessons will be learned. Perhaps books might fall into it, too. Right. You like, never know. <laughs> this one was so funny, because I remember we were uh, we were probably the youngest in the theater oh, to go and sure. see this, and there was like, uh, <laughs> so, like a book club-esque group of ladies behind us that were... Uh, Having a little bit too much alcohol and we're having a little fun, but you oh know, my gosh, you remember how much they were laughing when Craig T. Nelson's character couldn't get it up? Yeah, they were rolling it with that. It was so crazy. funny, man. So crazy. I kind of hope we have that same experience when we see right. this other one. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Uh, well, Coyote co-executive producer and creator uh, David Grazano has been named the new showrunner of Law and Order SVU, the Vernable uh, NBC drama series upcoming 24th season now Grisano succeeds Warren Late uh, who stepped down as the showrunner at the end of the current 23rd season after a total of eight years at the helm uh, across two stints there will be a new or uh, there will be new showrunners on two of the three law and order series mm. next season SVU co-executive producer Brian Gullibuff uh, was named the new showrunner uh, for law and order organized crime so you know a new 
new new take, I guess you could say. Yeah. So I'm bet, but it's such a well-oiled machine. Nothing's really going to change. No, and it's so formulaic that you need to just plug people in, and it goes. Hey, were you sad that the reboot of Magnum PI was canceled? I wasn't. Yeah. But if you were, we might have some good news for you. Apparently, it's looking to join an elite group of popular broadcast series that have overcome shocking cancellation. Was it a shocking cancellation? Anyway, to continue their runs, sources say talks are underway, apparently, for NBC and or USA Network to potentially pick up the series starring Jay Hernandez. Now, an arrangement is still being figured out, but one of the scenarios that's being talked about is for new episodes to air on NBC, while USA would run the previous seasons of the show so i mean i think it would fit really well on usa i don't know about the new episodes on nbc but i think it's a good fit for usa so if they can work that out okay yeah 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 i yeah whatever uh <laughs> demir marinoff has joined the cast of night court and nbc's follow-up to the classic legal sitcom in a key recurring role marinoff will play nicoloi a court uh, maintenance man, oh. a staple character within the building. Now, uh, Demeter pops up in the day-to-day lives of the crew. He is a uh, he's a mystery to everyone around the courthouse, and he likes it that way. So that sounds very interesting. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, they're just trying to fill in with new content. But kudos to them for thinking outside of the box and creating new content. Yeah, well, uh, look, I loved the original Night Court, and they've brought back some of the people from there, so I think it's going to be pretty good. I'm a fan. Hey, Kevin Hart's time as a 20-year-old in Philly working a sneaker shop in the 90s. Yeah, he actually did that, guys. It's actually going to be the inspiration for a true two-size, a half-hour single-camera comedy, which apparently in a competitive situation finally landed at Peacock for Mm. Development. Now, the project hails from stand-up comedian and writer Dan Levy, the Goldbergs, Kevin Hart's Heartbeat Productions, Doug Robinson, and Sony Pictures Television, where Robinson has his uh, production company's deal. Um, okay, you know, we're going to take some inf- inspiration from when he was still not even a comedian yet and, like, you know, selling shoes and turn it into a comedy. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> I mean, very interesting. Like you said, new content. Yeah. Uh, Danielle McDonald has been cast in the uh, N- Natasha Leone-led Peacock series Poker Face, which hails from creator Ryan Johnson. McDonald is the latest addition in the growing cast. In addition to Leone, previously announced cast members include Joseph Gordon-Lovett, Benjamin Bratt, Stephanie Hsu, and David Castaneda. Mm. Um, plot and character details of the series are being kept largely under wraps it says though sources say the show will follow a procedural format and sees leon's character working to solve different murders on each episode so don't even try to compete with the dick wolf fucking universe no. i'm just saying <laughs> this sounds like a younger version of murder she wrote or something right. i don't even know hey guys and gals it's official will arnett is set to voice the iconic character sweet tooth in the twisted metal tv series coming on at peacock the character in the show is described as a hilarious and terrifying hulk of a man who is an emotional as he is cunning a lover of chaos this majestic rage-filled killer dons an ever-smiling clown mask and uses lost vegas as his own personal kill ground all while he drives his infamous doomsday ice cream truck it has been rumored that arnett would sweet uh voice sweet tooth in addition to serving as executive producer on the series though it was never formally announced until now arnett joined Joins previously announced cast members, of course, Anthony Mackie, Stephanie Beatrice, Thomas Hayden Church, Nev Campbell, and more in the live action show. 
All right. <laughs> that's that's interesting right there. Every week, man, there's always some interesting stories. I mean, for real. Um, Will Arnett isn't the only new addition, though. Emmy nominee uh, Richard Carbell has also joined the cast of Peacock's Twisted Metal. Uh, uh, Richard will star as Quiet's uh, overprotective brother, Loud, in the live-action video game. Uh, so I've never played this game, but they have brothers called Quiet and Loud? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Now, to speaking of someone whose star just keeps rising and is killing it lately, West Side Story actress Rachel Ziegler is apparently set to star in the Hunger Games prequel, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Ziegler will play Lucy Gray Baird in the upcoming movie. 18-year-old Cornelius Snow, who of course becomes the tyrannical leader of the dystopian country of Pan Am, is chosen to mentor Lucy Gray, the female tribute from the impoverished District 12 during the 10th Hunger Games. Now, as introduced in the Hunger Games trilogy, which were developed into four feature films, the barbaric televised event randomly selects two teenagers from each district to fight to the death. In the novel, the unassuming Lucy Gray sparks everyone's attention by singing during the reaping ceremony. With her talent and charm, Snow believes he may be able to turn the odds in their favor to win the games. Mm. So he's kind of a good guy before he was a bad guy. And is this where the song comes from? Right. I'm exactly. guessing, right? I'm pumped for it, though. I'm oh, yeah. Super excited. Next one I'm super excited about because I'm watching the final episode today. Netflix's <laughs> Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 1, broke record for the biggest ever premiere weekend of an English language series, which was previously held by season two of Bridgerton. Mm. According to Netflix's newest release, top 10 ranking season four of the Duffer Brothers hit sci-fi series was viewed for a hit 287 million hours during the week Damn. of May 23rd to May 30th. Landing in the number one position, this comes after only three days of its availability. As part one of the season debuted with seven episodes on Friday, all four seasons of Stranger Things made its back made its way back into Netflix's top five titles of the week of May twenty third to the thirtieth. That makes sense. It's so good. I mean, each season keeps getting darker and darker because it's like growing with its audience. I'm really excited for you to start it. Yeah, I haven't it. started it yet, but I am super pumped about joining. I will be starting it this weekend. Uh, did your eyes go like when you saw these the way mine did? Set photos from Bradley Cooper's biographical drama Maestro. We've been talking about this one, which of course serves as its directorial follow-up to his Oscar winner A Star is Born, were released by Netflix this week. The photos show Cooper fully transformed into an esteemed Broadway composer Leonard Bernstein at various ages. And I'm serious, like they show old Bernstein and holy shit, y'all. The photos show Cooper fully transformed, like I said, with impressive makeup work applied to Cooper to nail his look as an elderly Bernstein as well as a young one. The film also stars Carrie Mulligan playing Bernstein's wife, Felicia Montalerog, and production on Maestro apparently has already started this month. But moviegoers shouldn't expect to see the film released in theaters or on Netflix, unfortunately, until next year, 2023. Mm. So they're teasing us with these photos, which were epic, but mm, gonna have to wait. It makes sense. It makes sense. And I mean, speaking of this film, next exciting casting announcement, Sarah Silverman has joined the ensemble cast of this one. Sarah Silverman will play the sister of Bernstein. So that's oh. very exciting. Yeah, okay. Uh, Shondaland, who we love, uh, and Netflix are rolling out 
the Producers Inclusion Initiative and The Ladder, two new paid programs with an eye toward expanding the pipeline for below-the-line talent. Yes! But... Both programs are supported in part by Netflix's Fund for Creative Equity, which was set up in 2021 to create more behind-the-camera opportunities for underrepresented communities across film and television. The fund has already committed $14.5 million towards the programs that help identify, train, and provide work placements around the world. The latest pair of initiatives, in concert with Rhymes, does suggest that Netflix's commitment to the inclusion programs will continue even as other other parts of the hard hit company have to scale back because they're in fucking debt. But that's good. At least they're choosing to use the money wisely in certain things. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm worried about Netflix. So I'm not oh, gonna they're lie. in trouble. Look, and I, I mean, I think a lot of the streamers are going to face what Netflix is facing right now because mm. of growth too fast yep. and theaters demising too quickly. It's I'm telling you, it's the next big bubble bust, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, man. We will see. But heading over to Amazon, Tim Robbins and Leslie Mann have exited Amazon oh. Studios series The Power. Robin and Mann's roles in the thriller project based on Arthur Naomi Alderman's 2016 novel of the same name will be recast and reshot. According to a source familiar with the situation, Mann joined the show back in October of 2019 as Margaret Clary Lopez, uh, which would have marked her first role as a series regular. Robbins was cast in uh, January of 2021 as uh, Daniel Danden uh, to replace Rain Wilson. Um, so that was already recast in general. Yeah. Who was unavailable after uh, the shoot was delayed amid the COVID-19 pandemic. After Wilson left, the role of Daniel uh, Danden was changed from series regular to a recurring guest star, which is how part will remain amid the new casting mm. surge. Uh, featuring an all-female writer's room for the first season, The Power focuses on a world where teenage girls have the ability to uh, a electrocute others at will with the talent that oh, is later developed by uh, older women. Okay, that's very interesting. Uh, but I'm 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 a little worried about it. I'm not gonna lie. With all these different casting, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if this thing never sees the streamer. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's what the fuck kind of story is that anyway? It's kind of weird. Girls that electrocute people? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay, Amazon. Maybe this one will be better for you. Amazon is also working with Brad Pitt's Plan B Entertainment to develop a limited series based on historian Eric Cervini's New York Times bestseller, The Deviant's War, The Homosexual versus the United States of America. Mm. Now, the book tells the story of Frank Camney, a Department of Defense astronomer in the 1950s who became a leading figure in the fight for LGBTQ civil rights when he sued the federal government after being fired because he was gay. Tony-winning playwright Matthew Lopez is set to adopt this one, and that sounds like one that should see the light of day. Yeah, Let's seriously. Let's make that happen, oh, guys. Oh, man. Talk about an Oscar contender. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. Re-release that bad boy. Well, Amazon Studios' highly anticipated film adaptation of the best-selling novel, Red, White, and Royal Blue has found its leading heartthrobs, Taylor Zakar Perez and Nicholas Galazanti. 
Galazine, uh, the same-sex romantic comedy follows the shining heir of the American presidency and his whirlwind romance with second-in-line of the British royal, as told as uh, in Casey McQuistian's groundbreaking book. That sounds very freaking interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see that one. Oh, yeah. I, I am curious to see how that goes over. Exactly. I'm just going to say it. Uh, let's jump to Apple, where Surface, the new eight-episode psychological thriller series starring the morning show's one and only Gugu Mamba Raw, will premiere globally with the first three episodes on Friday, July 29th on Apple TV+. New episodes will, of course, then air weekly every Friday after the premiere. Now, the series fouls uh, Mabatha Raw's character of Sophie, after a traumatic head injury has left her with extreme memory loss. Mm. Set in San Francisco, Sophie must embark on a quest to put the pieces of her life back together with the help of her husband and friends. Things turn sour, though, as she begins to question whether or not the truth she is told is really the truth she has lived. Through twists and turns and an unexpected love triangle, Surface is a story of self-discovery and philosophical exploration of free will. Mm. I'm all in because I love her. Yeah. So anything with this shit's going to be amazing. Oh, for sure, man. For sure. Well, John Makovich and Emily Mortimer and uh, Klaus Bang are set to star in the upcoming Apple drama series, The New Look. Oh. The series will be led by Ben Mendelsohn and uh, Juliette Benetche. And with Maisie Williams, previously announced cast member, who is from Game of Thrones, I'm just saying. That's right. Uh, the new look is set against the World War II Nazis occupation of Paris when Coco Channel's uh, reign as the world's most famous fashion designer ends. And Christian Dior's rises, helping return the spirit and life to the world with his groundbreaking, iconic brand. So clearly you're a Dior fan and not a Chanel fan. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Apple TV Plus has picked up two additional seasons of its spy drama Slow Horses, starring Gary Oldman. The renewal will take the show through its fourth season and the fourth book in the series of novels by Mick Heron, on which it's based. Season two of Slow Horses is set to premiere later this year. Mm. Woo! Very interesting, yeah. man. Oh, man. Oh, man. But now it's the time that everybody's been waiting yes. for. Yes. The one and only John Papsidera coming back on the show to get a little crazy with us. Oh, man. Oh, man. I know. I know, guys. I know we've been wanting to talk about Oppenheimer. <laughs> we touched on it just a little tiny bit, but that's even more reason to get him back on the show once this thing comes out. We know it's an amazing cast, and man, oh, man, Christian Nolan, Christopher Nolan, is like making a statement with this one, he says. Uh, for sure, but don't worry, because we talked to him uh, about plenty. We the do. entire Yellowstone universe and all the casting that's going on with those shows and the upcoming spinoffs from those shows. And of course, right now, like the biggest thing on TV right now on Paramount Plus is for sure The Offer, which is of course the background story of the making of The Godfather, which he also cast, which has a fucking phenomenal ensemble cast, a Miles Teller and my favorite Matthew Good, who is just slaying it as Robert Evans. Last night's episode where he starts his downfall. Holy fuck. Yeah. You guys are going to love this interview and how he talks about how it all came together on all these shows. His process is amazing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Well, here he is. John Papsidera, welcome back inside the Crazy Ant Farm, my friend. How are you? 
I'm well. How are you, man? Good to see you guys. Oh, good to see you too, man. Yeah, and man, I cannot tell you Thank how you. many things we keep watching and your name keeps <laughs> popping up. We're like, oh my goodness, there he is again. It's like the brilliance of. Here's there the thing, he though. There he is again. He just <laughs> won't go away. Here's the thing, though. We're starting to line him up. We're like, if it's a brilliant show, we're like, it's got to be John. Because, yeah, I mean, the casts are just yeah. unreal, I'm telling you. Um, thank you so much Very for coming back you. on. Thank you. Um, no, thank you. Uh, honestly, one of our favorite interviews of all time. Uh, we just had an absolute blast with you last time. The listeners loved it. It's one of our most listened to interviews of all time. Uh, they absolutely just had a blast. Um, so they're going to love this one. Uh, and I want to just dive Appreciate right in, it, man, though. because like Logan said, yeah, we, we have been I'm watching ready. some stuff. So um, not only Yellowstone, but 1883. And I and I gotta ask yeah. before we even jump into those: Are you gonna do 1932 also? Are you are you doing that one as well? We are doing that one as well. Oh my goodness! All right, and then the after yeah. we get through that because that's gonna be just mind yeah. blowing. Myself. The offer, yeah. holy cow! The offer, and do we touch Oppenheimer? The of course, offer. we touch Oppenheimer because it's like every A lister in Hollywood is in this thing. I mean, I don't know, Logan. Where do you even want to start? I <laughs> think I think we should pick the conversation back up where we left off the last time. Uh, but the last time we talked to you, we had not watched Yellowstone yet. Yeah, and <laughs> we literally just binge watched this thing throughout like all four seasons because we were very much behind and. And man, that's literally, we dropped everything else. That like, we, that is literally the only thing we watched. Uh, I think you just cast this so perfectly. Oh, my god. The gosh. chemistry between everybody was so spot on. Even the supporting characters, like Damian Richards, he was like an yeah. uncut gem, I feel like. So there's just so many different ones. So let's start at the very beginning. What was the process of trying to assemble this family? Yeah, because was it like, Costner and then everything built around Costner or, or, or was it different? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, um, you know, Taylor has been uh, very kind to me. He is a, uh, uh, a good dude and a friend and, um, and somebody that, uh, I admire. Um, you know, so I had a head heart, a head start on some level in that, you know, Taylor's got great taste. Mm -hmm. He knows a lot of actors, you know, um, uh, his writing speaks for itself, but, uh, He's got a great barometer and a great feel for actors, and they feel the same thing about Taylor. You know, um, he, uh, I don't, you know, not only being an actor, but having been an acting coach and a lot of stuff, you know, he has his own sensibilities about it. So we would have discussions, but yeah, it started with Kevin. Kevin was already attached when, uh, when I started, when I talked to those guys about it. And, um, you know, it was a process of, of developing what those pieces were going to be. Mm -hmm, you right. know, Taylor had strong inclinations about Luke. He was friends with Cole. He, um, you know, he had big pieces in his mind. Um, you know, really the big question on some level was who was going to be Beth mm. when I started. And, um, and so, you know, that was a, um, a fast and furious kind of, uh, sprint to find out i believe if my memory serves me correctly we literally sent the script to five or six women that we had cut the list down to and taylor was like i want to know in 24 hours if they're interested or not mm, wow. and um yeah agents love me right <laughs> but, um, 
But, um, you know, Kelly, God love her, um, you know, read and raised her hand and had an amazing meeting with Taylor and we were off to the races. Oh my so, gosh. Um, and, you know, it's funny because other girls then came back around and said, oh, well, I would meet. And I said, well, okay. Yeah, it, it, the, the clock expired. The clock <laughs> um, uh, so, um, you know, that was a huge piece of it. Uh, and then, you know, then it was about trying to fill out the family and look for, you know, um, uh, you know, Casey's son mm -hmm. and, you know, look for Jimmy and, you know, a lot of those pieces started to fall in after we, you know, kind of got started and, uh, you know, and the other thing is, it's really so funny. I, I have to say, it's one of the only shows that I can think of. Um, that the lifestyle has now found the actors. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, I mean, you know, and maybe that's not fair because, you know, who's going to go off and be a superhero in the world of, you know, <laughs> Gotham City. But on the other hand, you know, so many of these guys and, and, and women have, you know, the actors have moved to Montana, have become riders, have, you know, uh, horse riders, like they've really adopted the culture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a huge win, I think, just in Taylor's mind, in all of our minds, you know, that, you know, the American West is open again. Oh, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's funny that you said that it, 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 it started with Kelly because that chemistry with Kelly, not only with Kevin, but with Cole is yeah. just unbelievable. I think if it was anybody but her, it wouldn't have worked. I mean, she's so yeah, it's, perfect. It's, it's hard to picture anybody else in it now. Yeah, it really no, yeah. for you sure. Know. Um, I, uh, you know, the last time I talked to you guys, I happened to be in Sundance. I'm, I'm literally living the life of an 18 wheel, uh, truck driver. <laughs> um, I'm now in my house in Nashville and it is literally the only currency I have here. Mm. Uh, they could care less about who else I work with, what other <laughs> movies I work with. It begins and ends with Yellowstone right. 1983 and, um, you know, security guards at the gate are like, Oh yeah, I know. Oh yeah, Yellowstone, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah yes, yes. Um, uh, so you know, it is uh, it is a phenomenon, and uh, and I'm happy for you know Taylor and David Glasser and you know Paramount, Keith Cox, all those guys that you know put it together, John Linson, and mm -hmm. so I'm thrilled for them, and I'm thrilled for the actors. You know, I mean. We're finally seeing what Cole is has always been capable of doing. Yes, and you know to see him kind of land in the role of Rip and become a um, a uh, you know a sex idol. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, but it's unbelievable. and if not the sex idol, right? Like I feel like that's so true for women. But if you're the guy, you want to be Rip, right? Right. You, I just <laughs> want to. Like, yeah. If I ever get mad at somebody, I just want to say we're going to the train station. I just want to tell somebody we're going to the train station. <laughs> It's, so yeah, funny. it's it's pretty great and you know and i do think kevin is the glue that holds all of that together for sure you know i mean um people you know i mean he's a movie star you know he's a he's a, a, a iconic um actor and so and a legit you know, cowboy we're, we're all thrilled. yeah 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 you know i love it though i love so, it uh, i think um specifically for me when i think about you know kelly and cole 
I think yeah. Pride and Prejudice, which complete opposite <laughs> type of character. It's yeah. so crazy to like envision. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I think Dazed and Confused, you know, the teenage <laughs> kid who's like trying to find the kids on the street yeah. to give them that freshman like orientation. Oh, it's that so funny. Hysterical. What, yeah. what, like, when you're thinking, when you're going through your process, when you're thinking about specific characters to pick, like what movies do you refer back to, to some of these people that make you think, oh, this is the right person for this role? You know, it's interesting because, you know, we'll talk in grand schemes, but I think it's bits and pieces of actors. Yeah. You know? it's, it's a snippet from something. I mean, it's funny because we talk a lot about old cowboys. Right. And you know, there are so few left. That's mm-hmm. true. I mean, you yeah. really start to go down that road and look about, you know, look into film history mm-hmm. when they made westerns and now who's still around. It's it's so sad, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it's you know literally a dying breed. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so it's hard to compare those things, you know. I mean, everybody, you know, for the most part, that has to ride has to go to cowboy camp, right? Every right. Year. And you know, and people love going to cowboy camp. And so, you know, it starts there on some level, but, you know, I mean, Taylor will say like, I want dudes that, you know, I want actors that can, you know, ride a fucking horse. Right. Not, oh yeah, I can ride. And then you show up and you're afraid to get on a, you know, on a saddle. Right. So that, you know, that, that blending of the real actors and the real horsemen like Forey Smith and, and guys like that in the show to the newcomers, Jefferson White and you know all these guys that did not ride horses and had to learn it and um, and embrace it. It's it's been a balancing balancing act, but mm-hmm. um, it's it's really kind of a fun thing to do. Sure, yeah. oh for sure. And, and you know we had uh, Denim Richards on. We interviewed Denim Richards uh-huh. a while back, and he t- tells yeah. a very similar story about how fun cowboy camp was <laughs> and how maybe not so fun for some cowboy camp was. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's funny I that you brought imagine. that up. Yeah. And I feel yeah, like it. Uh, it's interesting, it, but Denim actually could ride. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He was an actual cowboy, so he could actually do it. But you know, a lot of them, and even the women, you mm-hmm. know, had to. Even the actresses like Eden Brolin and Hassie Harrison, you know, they all had to kind of embrace that mm-hmm. lifestyle. And it's actually been a really cool, you know, progression to watch. Sure. You know, sure. and be part of. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, I think it starts at the top. I mean, Taylor is yeah. an actual cowboy. <laughs> like when I cowboy, like man. I knew the name, but I didn't know the name to the face until, you know, I yeah. did more research right. and I'm like, that's the guy from the sixes. That's yeah. the guy from Texas. <laughs> like he's a badass. Like it's so yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, literally the four sixes. Yeah. 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 How happy yeah. were you when you got little Joe's daughter? <laughs> You can't, you didn't get little Joe, right? But we got his daughter, so you know. We got his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it's funny that you know. It, it, I love those kind of like little inside things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and um, and if you do too much of it, it can become kitschy and weird. And right. It's so subverted. Sure. Um, uh, in in people's day daily routine, but you know, Jen Landon's fantastic, and mm-hmm. you know, um, we're thrilled that she's she's on the show and. She's been a trooper. Oh, I love that. And, and then transitioning into the spinoff with 1883, Tim and yeah. Faith, I mean, they, they knock it completely out of the park. And was that a package deal or did you guys approach yeah, one well, of them first? It was pretty much a package deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, if Tim was going to go off 
they were going to go off together. Right. You know, and uh, and so, you know, it was, you know, it was a godsend, you know, um, uh, that they were there. And that was kind of the glue that started that, you know, mm. um, uh, you know, Sam, we were thrilled to I was actually quite worried about Sam, mm-hmm. you know, being in the middle of the, you know, the West right through winter, you know, um, on a horse, you know, seven hours a day or yeah. eight hours a day. Yeah. Um, you know, and God love him. He went out and started riding and, you know, getting ready again. And, you know, I mean, it's just, I mean, he's one of the true cowboys left. Yeah, he is. So to be able to, you know, put him on a horse again and, and, um, and have him be so brilliant in the show, um, uh, was really, you know, it was really a thrill, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and it was different. You know, this process was different. You know, Taylor had a, an idea that, look, all these people, it was much more like doing a theatrical production. Mm-hmm. All these people are going to be on the wagon train, period. So there was no, like, guest stars and leaving and coming. Well, that's not true. Tom Hanks and Billy Bob. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were yeah. on the wagon train the entire time. But, um, <laughs> you know, everybody else, you know, someday you're an extra, the next day you're a featured player. Right. So, you know, that was also a challenge to get, you know, people to buy into that. Sure. And think, oh, I'm going to go be on a wagon, you know, in the middle of nowhere for five months. Mm. And, um, and again, I have to say, you know, like LaMonica Garrett, oh. such a... Yes. Yes. Unbelievable. I mean, the chemistry that him and Sam had, you know, and the way LaMonica was able to pull up, putting him in his place when he needed to put him in his place. That like brilliant casting because you're like, who's a guy that can put Sam Elliott in his place? I mean, you know. And, you know, Taylor really fought for LaMonica. You know, he really did. He was like, he stuck to his guns and he was like, look, he's a, He's got a, John Wayne is who he is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you know, and LaMonica, you know, did that. And it's so funny. I got one of the sweetest emails ever from LaMonica just saying that about adopting a lifestyle mm. and being on a horse and, you know, and and the opportunity that, it you know, it uh, gave to him. Right. Life changing. And, you know, that's just uh, it's just amazing. I don't think of what I do is that life changing to a lot of people. Um, I think other people, you know, give me more credit for that than I really believe. But when you, when you hear it in real time, an actor and a a human being Mm -hmm. saying, you know, thank you for this. It's an experience I'll live with forever. And I mean, it is, it, it takes your breath away a little bit. It is really humbling. And, um, and yeah, I was, you know, I said to, uh, I said to Taylor at one point, you know, 1883 is art. Mm-hmm. Oh, know? yeah, for sure. You know, and, and, and I think that's really what he wanted it to be, mm-hmm. you know, and, and these, um, uh, the, the, the anthology, that's our hope for all of them. You know? Sure. Yeah, to be honest. So we have to ask because we've heard this story and we want to know, one, was it true? And what, did you have any kind of like, did you make her audition uh-uh. anyway? Or was it just, this is the girl, like you said, but sometimes Taylor does. Isabel May. We've heard that she first did Mayor of Kingstown and did not do so well, maybe bombed the audition. Yeah. But Taylor yeah. liked her and was like, hey, we might have this role for you in something else. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, that's totally true and i don't know that she bombed it i think he felt like it was it was a tough decision right and he was totally impressed in fact i got an email from taylor just saying and maybe he copied me on it i don't remember to isabel 
but saying she doesn't ever have to audition for me again. Mm. She's already proved herself wow. in the Mayor of Kingstown stuff. And uh, and I, I want her to do 1883. Nice. So yeah, it was kind of like, you know, it's a surprise to Isabel and a surprise to me. Mm. <laughs> but boy, it worked. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, she was fantastic. And one of those ones that's totally believable, too, because you think, you know, Tim McGraw, Faith Hill. Yeah, that yeah. looks like their daughter. Like, totally. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. It really, it really. And that's, you know, and that's an intangible that Taylor brings to the table. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, uh, his instinct about those things, you know, I haven't seen it been, I haven't seen it, you know, go wrong yet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very excited for everything happening in the future especially with season five about to come out of yellowstone and then maybe a season two of 1883 there's like that it ends or buds yeah. like we don't know we don't know um, 1932 1932 I mean, yeah. got so much happening i can't believe you my main man star wars has not brought up the fact that 1990 uh, or 1932 is mr harrison ford i mean i know i know that is absolutely crazy and we're trying to envision too like where who who are these family members like we're trying to like map out like their ages and like different things so we're excited to hear more news about that obviously not right now we're not putting you on the spot (laughs) i don't know i don't know anything right he's like Um, i just got uh, people yeah um taylor is furiously writing now as well as you know yellowstone and everything else and uh and lioness and you know yeah just uh, like as well um, yeah, no, no, no. It's going to be, you know, uh, it's not the metaverse. It's the Taylorverse. It, it yeah, really yeah. is. We talked about yeah. how does this guy sleep? Cause he literally writes everything that he does. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't think he sleeps. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Now Lioness slap me down if I'm totally wrong on that one. Is that the one with Jill Wagner also? Jill Wagner and, uh, and yeah, Jill. And I think, you know, Taylor talked about the idea and, uh, and he he ran with it. It is uh, Zoe Saldana and yeah. Nicole, oh. and um, and we're just in the process of putting other pieces together. So mm. it's uh, yeah, it's really exciting. It's a really accessible, smart, um, uh, female-driven, female-centric, you know, television show. Um, uh, and the scripts have been phenomenal. So I'm really excited about it. I love that. that. Fired uh, up. Every single project we talk about you, we we get so <laughs> excited about. Uh, I, which one were you going? Oh no, to no, next? I was going to say. So let's jump from the ranch to the studio and the mob, yes. right? Let's go to the offer because oh my gosh, you, yeah. I, I am just mind blown at the cast on this thing. Yes, uh, uh, I, there's you. you can't pick a favorite because they're all just like knocking it out of the so park. Good. I say that, but I, mean, I, I, I think so. You know, I um, I'm really proud of that cast. I'm really, you know, it was a long haul. I mean, we worked on that probably almost a year. Wow, wow. Um, and uh, and you know, it was a huge. You know, it's humbling to think, oh, I'm going to do something related to the to the Godfather. Right, right, right. It's one thing when they, you know, when I, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can reinvent Charlie's Angels. Right. Yeah, I can redo Dumb and Dumber. You know what I mean? Like those things I just look at and kind of go, okay, Um, uh, that was me being, you know, (laughs) bold. Um, Right. uh, But really, it's humbling when you start to talk about, you know, the Godfather and even touching that. And Mm. um 
And it was such a, you know, such a, a passion piece for everybody involved, for Paramount, for the executives, for Al Ruddy, for Dexter, for Nikki Toscano, who I adore, like, you know, Michael Tolkien, all those people really, you know, carried that weight um, and uh, on their shoulders, but walked with, you know, like on eggshells. Sure. So, um, you know, and uh, it, and also, you know, something I wanted to really try and do is just not be The Sopranos. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. Which is tough. Like, yeah, you know, for sure. You, you got to sidestep that a bit just because you don't want it like, oh, yeah, there's so-and-so. And there's a to try and recreate it and make it fresh and make it feel like you haven't seen these people do that before mm -hmm. um, uh, was a real challenge. And Jen Cram. Jennifer Cram, who I've worked with forever, um, uh, God love her, came back to help me on the offer. And uh, and so I'm really grateful for that. And I think we um, we you know are proud of what we did. Well, I got to tell you, I said it's so hard to pick a favorite, but I have a favorite. And it's be okay. well, because I, I, I'm a big history buff of the studio system and of Hollywood and the whole history yeah. of it and everything. And so Robert Evans uh, has always been that. OK, and yeah. Matthew Good is just freaking Brilliant. phenomenal yeah, as Robert. Brilliant. It's like he's been re reincarnated and is like right there. And it's like, he's just absolutely mind blowing every week. I'm just like, Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh. I mean, yeah, it is really phenomenal. What it speaks to Matthew's depth of talent and creativity. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because obviously, you know, Matthew was not, you know, I mean, that happened close to when we actually started. Oh, and so oh. I was kind of blown away. I mean, he did not have months to work on it. Wow. And so I was kind of blown away even seeing it. Like, not only did he just do a, you know, and I actually worked with Bob Evans mm. once on a movie called Jade. Oh, wow. And I, I love the Bob Evans. You know, Bob would sit in the corner with a straw hat, Panama hat on his head, <laughs> and no shoes and slipper, and no socks and slippers and you know hide behind the kind of the shadow of the the brim of the hat is phenomenal piece of history of hollywood history but matthew made it his own yeah like, yeah it wasn't just, you know what i mean it it doesn't sound exactly like bob it doesn't look exactly like bob but it it is in the spirit of him yes and 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 that i think you know is really a a, a um a, a huge you know, a uh, coup for, for Matthew to have pulled off for seamlessly, sure. you know, yeah, totally agree. Completely agree. And with me being on the creative side of things, always thinking about different ways to, you know, move things around on a film set, different creative yeah. actors to bring in. I love Francis Ford Coppola, Dan, I forget his last name. Um, uh, Folger. Yeah, right? yeah, Folger. He's so brilliant. He's got, he's such an onion too, because you think about, you it know, really the Goldbergs are like fantastic beasts, but this, oh my goodness, it brought a whole new level to his chops. I feel like it's yeah. just, I love everything they're doing. In the latest episode where they all like unintentionally kind of sit down at the table oh my gosh, and they baby. start reenacting like or acting yeah. like the family. Oh my I, that scene so brilliant. And Justin Chambers yeah. yes. as Marlon Brando. Holy shit, Justin Chambers as Marlon Brando. <laughs> I mean, that was a total surprise. Yeah. You know, really, I mean you know, for anybody to even touch Brando yes. and have the, you know, reminded me actually a lot of, 
you know, when uh, when I was doing, you know, Dark Knight or even Batman Begins, yeah. actors being afraid to step into those huge shoes. Right. right. You know, I mean, you talk about Brando, who wants to touch that? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And and I just felt, yeah, again, Justin made it his own in a certain mm-hmm. way. It wasn't just an impersonation. No. Um, uh, it wasn't just, you know, the the older version of Brando, which a lot of guys read and kind of did it as, you know, right. he's, he's not the guy that's, you know, uh, 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 Colonel Kurtzman, you know what I mean? Right. Not, you know, Apocalypse Now Brando. He is, you know, younger and, and more vital. And, you know, I just think Justin's, um, you know, when I saw the tape, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, kind of like it, Francis he when he saw <laughs> Morlin, right? Like, yeah. and that scene was brilliant. Like, you know, like when they're when he's got the eight, you know, the eight millimeter, and he's like, yeah, yeah. you know, and he's yeah, yeah, yeah. When you see him, that that view in the mirror, yeah. and you just like, you're holy, sh- that is Brando. Like, it's just yeah. so good. So yeah, it's it's fascinating. One other thing about Fogler, you know, Fogler also read uh, for Mario. Puzo. Oh, wow. a toss up. Like, yeah. What the hell do we do? Like, which one is better? You know, because he was great at both. But, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love what he did with Francis. Oh, and, sh- you know, it's it's been a real, yeah, it's a real thrill. I'm, I'm happy for all those well, guys. And you know how great the casting is when we haven't even mentioned Miles yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Because Miles Teller long has been one of our favorite actors. I mean, this guy yeah. is phenomenal in everything he's touched and been in. And so you, when you got to go that deep before you even bring up Miles, you know you struck gold with the cast. I, it, it, you know, it's really true. And, you know, and I look at that and I go, you know, Miles is, is you know, phenomenal. And it, Juno Temple's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And I love what Giovanni did. Yeah, I read some review where it was like, you know, like balking at it. I'm like, what are they talking about? Right, I thought, exactly. I thought Bonnie was phenomenal as oh, yeah. Columbo. Again, not doing an impersonation, creating his own kind of right. version exactly. of that. You know, so I don't know, Colin Hanks and, you know, I was thrilled Jake Cannavale and, oh, you know, it just, it kind of just goes, you know, on and on. Nora as an ender. I oh, thought oh just goodness freaking gracious. fantastic. Yes. And, yeah. So anyway, I, I'm really proud of that. And I'm really, um, you you know, it was be. a long time coming, but I was really thrilled with how. And Lou Ferrigno. Let's not forget Lou. Yes. <laughs> Let's not yeah. forget Lou. You can't forget the Hulk, I man. Did, I was not able to go to the premiere, but I did hear Lou showed up in a, um, a sparkle, uh, like a, a, a sequin jacket. Nice. Oh my God. Nice. Come on. How do you not love that? I Ooh. love it so much. It's such a special project, too, because I feel like. At the beginning, what we're learning now that a lot of people didn't think it was going to get made. There were so many obstacles, and especially with the whole Frank Sinatra situation. But then after it got made, it's arguably one of the best movies of all time, if not the best film of all time. So it's just such a special thing, I feel like, for people to get to envision how this whole process got started. And the full circle. Like because yeah, you said came on the fiftieth anniversary. Yes, right. right. Yes. You know, all those things just are crazy. Right. You know? And um, I love what you said about how you worked so hard and everybody was working so hard to not make it the Sopranos. Yes. But the yeah. Sopranos worked really hard to not make it the Godfather. Yes. Right. So the full exactly circle right. and, and so you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just beautiful. Uh, okay, we got to talk about even, it. 
even little gems like Brandon Williams. Brandon Williams, I put in uh, a movie that Larry Clark did, I don't know, 20 some odd years ago. And Brandon's a really successful realtor now in LA. And I was thinking about who can play Gianni Russo. So many guys read and I said to Jen, it's Brandon Williams. Mm. And she was like, what? And I was like, it's Brand." Anyway, long story short, Brandon read, they fucking loved him. And, you know, he's not even acting anymore. And uh, he came and did it. And, you know, so there's a lot of those special things for me too, that, with, you know, hidden in that cast. Oh, for oh, sure. For sure, for man. Sure. I mean, I, we can't like, because of Zoom, of freaking, uh, we could talk to you literally. Yeah, we're, out of time, aren't we? we're getting Almost. there, but listen, we could like we got to do Oppenheimer though, we, real we, quick. I mean, we we, we yeah. could talk about Oppenheimer when it comes out. That would be another okay. great all right, way to all right, have you right. back yeah, on. We could do that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, we could do that. It's so funny with Oppenheimer, just real quick, because literally, you know, we do the industry news section, right? And like every week, we're dropping yeah. more names of who's been cast in this film. We can't wait to talk to you about that. Yes, you know, I was doing a um uh, with friends that I've known for a long. time time producers writers showrunners uh this uh tim burton show mm -hmm. um for netflix called wednesday yes um and uh which is wednesday adams mm -hmm. and um they would they were in uh uh bucharest uh, mm -hmm. you know uh, shooting and they would text me um daily like oh let me guess who are you hiring today like <laughs> yeah. like are you kidding me there's right. somebody else that you're hiring that's right so um yeah i mean look chris you know felt like you know this story and the importance of it deserved the, the gravitas of a cast that brings you know that feeling of how yes. important these people were of that era mm -hmm. um even though we don't even know their names exactly you know, most of them you know that they shouldn't just be light you know light you know um uh lightly portrayed right that agreed wanted people of substance that mirrored how important they were in that world and in our lifetime and so we work really hard um, I have to say, it's one of the most difficult um, uh, Nolan Mil films that we've done. Oh, wow. Because trying to make those deals with that many actors... I can imagine. Um, ...was really a challenge. But anyway, yeah. Um, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I haven't seen anything. They just wrapped. Yes, and so many, like, different things that we will be able to talk about. Because the biggest thing for me that we, I definitely know we don't have enough time for is this being the first film away from his used-to-be home Warner Brothers and how Ooh, I feel like yeah. he's proving a point, and I'm so excited <laughs> to see it. I feel like it's going to be an amazing thing. But thank you so much. Sealed. Yeah. Lips are sealed. Lips yeah. are sealed. I love it. I love it. Say the word. Uh, yeah. But listen, thank you um, so much. really good to see you guys yes. again. Thank you for inviting me. I Always. appreciate it. Um, uh, I get a kick out of you guys. Thank you for the interest. Of course, well, no problem. We also just finished our film and submitted it to Amazon Prime. So when that is up, we will just send you a free copy and let you watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will you? I, I'd love to see that. That's yeah, amazing. absolutely. Of course. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to see it. Of course. Nice. Thank you so much. Well, listen. Take care, and we will see you next time. All right. Are you ready for some Saturday Night Fever? <laughs> Because, man, oh, man, this week's top five is John Travolta movies. Oh, oh. Man, oh, man. I got to say, first and foremost, I don't like John Travolta. Not not at all. He makes, he's in some decent movies. I don't know how he makes, but 
I don't something about him. I just I'm not a fan. So okay, well, fair enough. I mean, I'm not some like huge supporter of him outside personally as yeah. a human being. I'm not saying he's a bad human being. I'm just no, saying I'm yeah. not like. But I'm gonna tell you right now. I personally think that all five on my list were fucking great movies. Well, you, like, I I only saw one on your list. Are you serious? And that's the only one that we have in common. I've only saw one. Okay, well, you're going to have to watch the other four because especially my number four. Yeah. It's fucking epic. Yeah. Okay, all right. We'll get to we'll it. Get we'll get into it. it. We'll get into <laughs> it. Man, oh, man. My number five goes to Be Cool. Talk about an ensemble cast with this thing. I mean, it was definitely like pre the the huge ensemble cast, like romantic comedies, you know, with like Valentine's Day and like New Year's Day or whatever the fuck those were. Yeah. But this one, it had early Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it. <laughs> love it. Love it. And I mean, so many others in this thing. It's very interesting, especially if you're an entertainment lover, I guess you could say, because John Travolta's character is sick and tired of the movie business and wants to transition into the music business. That's right. Um, so, you know, it's very interesting in that aspect and to kind of see the difference different um i guess side of things when yeah. it comes to entertainment and i think he did a decent portrayal as the main and our protagonist i guess you could say but yeah. yeah i mean you know it's definitely one that you should at least watch once it's it's interesting so number five for me is be cool okay my number five is one where you should watch just because of the premise which is john travolta plays an angel <laughs> Like, I'm not even kidding. That's what the storyline is. John Travolta plays an angel. Now, he plays an angel who, of course, because in every movie he does, has a dance number. Like, an angel doing a dance number. This one's also got a phenomenal cast and a pretty solid storyline. So, all kidding aside, you should definitely check this one out. It is a bit of a tearjerker if you get emotional easily. Um, So, just be aware of that going into it. But my number five, Michael. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, I've got chills. They're multiplying. <laughs> That's right. Number four for me is Grease. Grease Lightning. Oh, Grease Lightning. Yes. I mean, I, it's one of the best musicals of all time, in my opinion. Uh, very much entertaining and... Uh, I don't know. This man, this man's old. He's older than you would think he is. Like, I, this movie came out, like, I feel like in the fucking 50s. Well, it was, 70s. It, it was based in the 50s and it came out in the 70s, whatever. <laughs> but he's still old, okay? And I mean, I never knew he could move like that. And I mean, I. It, the first one is so good that it puts the second one that you don't even want to talk about. Oh, God, so, yeah. You don't I mean, want to see the second one. No, Fuck no. not at all. Nothing but, against Michelle Pfeiffer, but it no. fucking sucks. Yeah, it, it it's just... not the best. But I think this is definitely one, if you're an entertainer or wanting to get on stage, this is definitely one that you have to watch because it's like one of the staples of the stage entertainment industry. So number four for me is Grease Lightning. Uh, Grease. There you go. Yeah. All right. My number four, I can't believe you haven't seen this. No, no, no. Can't believe you haven't fucking seen this. John Travolta, Hugh fucking Jackman, Halle Berry. How have you not seen that? Just mm. like, I don't even understand. I'm, of don't course, know. talking about Swordfish. It's a fucking epic crime movie. John Travolta is a serious badass in this film. And he basically kidnaps Hugh Jackman, who's the world's best, like, hacker. And he's forcing him, you know, to hack into a system to rob banks. Um, Halle Berry's a bad guy. She's she's the lover of John Travolta. And the back and forth between Jackman and Barry, which, of course, obviously Wolverine and Storm. This took place after the 
the X-Men. Um, it, it's a fucking brilliant story. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of great acting. And the cast is just phenomenal. It's one of the uh, Jackman's early stuff after Wolverine. Um, you know, before the huge massive stardom uh, hits. It's I, it's a definite watch. I mean, it's, it's right into your storyline stuff of the younger generation of, uh, you know, computer hacking and games and systems and like all this kind of stuff. It's fucking brilliant. You have to watch it. Have to watch Swordfish, it. Swordfish, my number four. Oh, man. Uh, well, number three for me goes to one of the newer ones, I guess you could say. And it has just an amazing cast. And I'm talking about Wild Hogs. It's a comedy. And it's basically all of these old people trying to fill their youth again. And we love to see it. I mean, I like uh, um, 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 dude from Shameless is in it. And dude from our Martin Lawrence is in it. Like it's Tim it's, Allen, too, right? Tim Allen. Yeah. Yep. I think. I mean. I mean, anything, in my opinion, anything Tim Allen is in is getting a good amount of audience. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really cool to see them um, portray and be in, like, friendly form with each other. And also, one of his last movies, Peter Fonda, is also in this one. Mm, um, because, of course, hogs refers to bikes. They're, yeah. they're, they're, a, they're a motorcycle yes, gang. Right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Can you do a motorcycle movie without Peter Fonda? You, you can't really can't. He's a fucking badass. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, number three for me, Wild Hogs. Oh, well, there you go. My number three, again, I can't believe you have not seen this one. In my opinion, quite possibly the greatest role that John Travolta has ever played, and he played it fucking brilliantly. I'm talking about primary colors in which he plays bill clinton mm. of course when primary colors the novel came out and the book came out it was all we don't know who he is <laughs> it was supposed to be but it was finally revealed to the world it is based on bill clinton and the affair and and everything that went down with him boning people and cheating on hillary and hillary being the dominant force behind bill becoming president of the united states um and keeping him in check. And I got to fucking tell you, John Travolta as Bill Clinton, fucking epic. <laughs> he nailed him. The lip bite, the thumb up, the, the, the meaning to do everything right, but just a bubba that gets himself in trouble all the time. Fucking brilliant. Emma Thompson is the, is the Hillary of it, and it's just, you got to watch this one, man. It's so fucking good. Primary Colors, my number three. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, number two for me goes to Bolt, an animated comedy for children. Um, in my opinion, it's probably one of the better animated comedies um, of that time i guess you could say especially that's saying something with there being a lot that's kind of mm. like the pixar or pixar finding dory finding nemo era kind of a little bit but yeah. I, I like this movie because it's basically about someone who's been coddled their whole life and they have to learn how to basically fend for themselves and not you know ask other people for help and so i i feel like that's a very important life lesson especially i'm just gonna say it in an age where a lot of things are handed to today's generation so mm. it's really good to see you know people proving themselves because i feel like you need to prove yourself to find yourself worth if that makes sense so yeah number two for me is bolt facts and if i'm not mistaken that's also miley cyrus right mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah that was a good movie i enjoyed that one um as you can tell, by the way, I use my walk. <laughs> I'm a woman's man, and I don't really have a lot of time to talk. 
Well, so is John Travolta. And my number two is my second all-time favorite John Travolta movie, Saturday Night Fever. I mean, who the fuck doesn't love this movie? Fucking Bee Gees rocked the world and brought disco to a whole new forefront. The fucking white leisure suit with the blue shirt and the fucking dance. I mean, everybody fucking loves this movie. I... Actually, your number four, Grease, the first time I saw these movies was at a double feature in a drive-in theater, Grease and Saturday Night Fever. It was epic. I was like, okay, who's this guy? He can fucking move and sing and dance. Who the fuck is this guy? But I had no idea what Welcome Back Cotter was. I mean, he was a star before these movies. I didn't even fucking know, but there you go. I'm not that old. Um, but anyway, my number two, Saturday Night Fever, little known fact, Fran Drescher. The nanny, <laughs> his girlfriend in that movie. Mm. What or one of girlfriends in that movie? Uh, cause there's a couple in that movie. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Saturday Night Fever, another legendary. You should watch it just for the fucking BG soundtrack alone. Just that. That's. Ju- <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, just for that reason. Shit. That's so funny. Uh, have you ever seen Urban Cowboy? That's. I have one. seen Urban is Cowboy. Is that one yeah. good? Uh, it is good yeah. with Deborah Winger. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah. I don't really buy him as a cowboy. Yeah, that's but it's my, a that, good, was, that was my thing. But it's a good movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. All right. Uh, well, number one for both of us, <laughs> how can we not fucking talk about this one? This is like really the only fucking John Travolta movie that I'll rewatch. Um, Pulp Fiction, of course. Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. This one is just, what's in the suitcase? I really yeah. want to know. Yeah. No one knows. No. Quentin no. knows. Quentin knows. For damn sure he knows. But I mean, a Royale with cheese oh, and just man. Samuel L. Jackson dropping the F-bomb like literally every other word Badass you've got the like... epic fucking dance scene between him and Uma Thurman which they so brilliantly redid just recently on the Oscars which everybody forgets because of the fucking slap yep. but they did do the dance again which was fucking epic uh, Ving Rhames Bruce Willis uh, so many like hugely so awesome many. people in this um, but it is one of those like out there kind of like what the fuck am I watching type stories where you can watch it over and over and over and and have a different opinion every, every fucking time. time you see it. But um, yeah, the main thing being I'm right there with you when the case opens and the gold shine and everything. What the fuck is in the case? <laughs> I mean, uh, I just I don't even know. Yeah, but, um, for sure. But I mean, honorable mention Quentin Tarantino and another guy are starting a podcast and they're talking about films. So you could check that out. I okay. For- I forget okay. what it's talk. Called. I forget what it's called too, but it's like they're di- from his days back when he ran a video store yeah. with the old school VHS tapes. I'm just saying, Quentin, if you don't bring little Quinny on the fucking show as a guest, the man who you used to talk all about movies with in that video store, epic fail. Seriously. Bring my man Danny on and let's have a chat. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, we want to know, what are your top five John Travolta movies? Do you have any? I don't know. Make sure to leave a comment below in the YouTube section or <laughs> add us on Twitter. I can't believe we left Face Off off. Uh, fuck what? Face Off, okay? <laughs> movie's trash. I hate Nicolas Cage, too. Fuck him. <laughs> fuck them both. The General's Daughter. God. There, there's some interesting ones that Travolta's done for sure. And fuck Travolta. <laughs> fuck Travolta and Nick Cage. Like, it's fine. <sighs> Going over to the box office recap. Of course, Top Gun Maverick was number one. The three-day total was 127. Like we told you in the industry news, it was like closer to 160 for the four-day Memorial yep. Day weekend. Number two was Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness with $15.9 million. Number three, Bob's Burgers is actually doing very well way better than a lot of people expected and i'm happy for it because i like bob's burgers sure um it came in at number three with 12.4 
4.4 million. Number four was Downtown Abbey, a new era with 5.8 million. Number five was The Bad Guys with 4.3 million. New movies coming out Crimes of the Future, The Last Scene, Watcher, Dashcam, and Jurassic World Dominion. That's next weekend, though. Yes. Next weekend. So, Top Gun will dominate this weekend, and then it better have hope it made all its money because when Jurassic World comes out. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people like that one. (laughs) Um, Movies you can still go see. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Sonic the Hedgehog Part 2, The Lost City, Men, and F3, Fun and Frustration. Is that a porn? That might be a porno as well. (laughs) Blue balls. Blue balls. Uh, IMDb Pro's top trending segment. I told you guys that's fucking uh, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, of course. One TV show, obviously Stranger Things. And thank God it's somebody else, but for something sad, as uh, Ray Liotta is the number one trending star. Yeah. I mean, the trending star segment is just kind of... Kind of, I'm just gonna say it. Trash, like it, I mean, it normal. Yeah, it's either they're trending for really bad reasons or they're trending because they've died. Yeah, like I mean, can't we just have a positive trending star for something yeah. that they did that was awesome? Like I can <laughs> understand top trending star for biggest movie right yeah. now. Tom Cruise yeah. should be the top trending star. He uh, absolutely or Miles Teller. Be. Like I yeah. mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, uh, but I mean, you know. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for getting crazy with us on episode 190. I don't even know. Six, seven? Fucking thank you again, John Papsidera, for coming back on the show and getting crazy with us. We can't wait to talk to you again. You can find him on his website. Um, just Google John Papsidera. You'll find it. Uh, thank you so much. Be sure to follow the company and podcast on social media at Crazy Ant Media on Instagram, Twitter, and now on TikTok. You can yes. learn all about filmmaking on our Crazy Ant Media TikTok. The, the newest video TikTok right now is a script breakdown. Learn what a script breakdown is and all the different aspects of that. Very important. Very. And you guys know you can follow ItCaf Podcast on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as well. Facts. You guys know you can follow us both personally as well. Myself at JLo Fantastic and at Crazy Ant Guy nineteen seventy. That's right. And you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast: Apple, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher. And so much more. If you're watching this video on YouTube, be sure to hit the like button on the video, subscribe to the channel, and ring the bell for all the latest and greatest crazy ant media news that we have going down. Yes. And be sure to visit our website to one watch our film first and foremost, <laughs> and of course uh, buy merchandise. We yes. have basically anything and everything you could ever want. It's like fucking opening the briefcase and seeing some gold shit. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but man, oh man, it was a real. Of course, Obi Wan. Star Wars is my Marvel to him, obviously. I fucking love it. I've rewatched Obi-Wan like five times so far. It's fucking premiered like two weeks ago. I've watched all three episodes at least five times. So it's so damn good. Look, I'm not going to lie. This past week and a half as a nerd has been like the ultimate epic nerd week. I mean, from the Marvel movies with Thor's trailer and then now the announcement of Doctor Strange hitting so soon. Then you've got all the Star Wars stuff with Obi-Wan. You've got fucking Stranger Things. And then 80s guy myself in the glory years of Top Gun seeing a massive resurgence and a newfound audience. How can you not be a fucking geek in heaven at this point the past week and a half? I'm just saying it's hard not to be happy about all that. You know what, though? You know what? And I'm just going to say it. I'm super pumped about this coming week. And you know why? Why? Because this coming week, one of my all-time favorite shows is coming back. 
It was one of those rescued shows picked up by another network. I'm, of course, talking about All Rise. I'm super pumped it comes back this week. And that network that saved it, own. And we all know who we can thank for bringing back this show and who we love each and every week. The one and only Oprah!